you need to start from a point of understanding. Asking developers, hey, what are the problems that you have? is a very powerful tool. What is getting in the way? Technology is transforming how we think, how we lead, and how we win. From InterVision, this is Status Go, the show helping IT leaders move beyond the status quo, master their craft, and propel their IT vision. If you are a tech product company, you know your dev team, your engineering team is your lifeblood. If you are a tech services company, you know how important development is to your clients. If you are a tech-enabled company, a company whose primary product or service is not technology, you are probably becoming more and more aware every day of how important technology is to your company's success. No matter where you fall on that spectrum, odds are that you have a team of software engineers writing some level of custom code for your organization. When was the last time you invested in their experience? When was the last time you focused on making their jobs faster, easier, and more efficient? Welcome to Status Go. This is your host, Jeff Tunn. On this episode, we're gonna sit down with Ramiro Berriessa, founder and CEO of Octeto, a development experience automation platform. Ramiro is passionate about helping CTOs and CIOs drive innovation. Welcome to Status Go, Ramiro. Hi, Jeff. How are you? I'm, I'm doing great. I, I have been uh, excited about this conversation. Uh, my background a million years ago is I was a developer. And man, I wish someone would have invested in our experience back in the day, uh, but we, we won't get into that. What, what I'd love to start with, if you don't mind, could you share a little bit about your background, your career journey with our listeners? Yeah, I'm happy to. So, you know, just like you, I've, I've been you know, an engineer for most of my career. Uh, and I'm a founder, CEO of Octeto. But, you know, before that, for oof, 15, 20 years, uh, I was building software. Everything from cloud services at big tech, chat, startups, developer tools, a little bit of everything, uh, which, you know, has been very interesting because as, as you said in the intro, you know, all of these companies who are building software, whether it's service providers, consulting companies, software companies, like software is their lifeblood. So I've, I've been immersed in that world for a very long time. Uh, as you can imagine, I have a lot of opinions on the topic, but I'm <laughs> very excited to talk more about, about that and, and how, you know, um, why I believe that developer experience automation is something that CTOs must take into consideration uh, yeah. as they build modern software organizations. Where, where did this passion for, uh, for engineering, for, for software come from in your, in your background? It's, it's been, it's been, a, you know, it's been, I've been passionate about this like pretty much my entire life. Early, early on, video games were kind of like the gateway to technology mm -hmm. for me. I grew up in Mexico, then moved to the U.S. right after school. Uh, so in the early days was video games, the, you know, the old-style old PCs. That really got me into, like, first, kind of just being marveled at, you know, what technology could do, this kind of new form. But then as I, as I grew up and I started to learn how they work, I, I was fascinated by, you know, the, the potential that this new, back then, new technology, you know, the internet, then the cloud, had 
for really transforming everything. And I've been lucky enough to see that transition from you know, a world where software was not mainstream, kind of like analog world, so to speak, mm-hmm. to now yeah. the world we live in today where every organization lives on software. So it's it's been fascinating and it only fits into this passion of like, hey, software is transforming the world. More and more people are involved with software. So now let's make it easier for everybody. Let's make sure yeah, everybody is yeah. effective. You know, we talk about this on the prep call, but how important it is for all of these companies to be good at building software. So it's been a kind of a self-fulfilling passion for a very long time. I was lucky uh-huh. enough to, you know, work in tech, very well-known companies like Microsoft, Atlassian, now a startup in, in Silicon Valley. So it's been it's been a fun journey. It's been full of like satisfaction and you know, just seeing just seeing the impact that software uh, has on people. That's all it takes to kind of get you hooked in, and you know, yeah. yeah that's why I keep yeah. coming back for more. Yeah, I, I, I love I love talking with you about this, Romero, because the the passion comes through. Your face lights up when you when you talk about this. Now, I've I've never been, I guess, a, a founder of uh, an enterprise. I have my own company, but uh, I don't know that that counts. Uh, I'm not really building something. I'm I'm helping serve serve others but what i've always heard is for that entrepreneurial spirit that 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 drive is there's got to be a problem that you're that you see that maybe you see a solution for in a different way from somebody else but what what is this problem that you're attacking with octeto and and why does that problem jump out to you and drive you passionately that's that's a great question, and you're right. Like I've, I don't know if I could be doing what I'm doing, you know, every day with the challenges that come from like funding a company. If it wasn't because I really believe on this problem, and and the problem that we're solving at Octero at a very high level is we want to automate everything developers do, so they can get to work, you know, so they can work on their thing. Uh, this is a very personal problem because this is something I've experienced. Through my entire career, it's always you know you join a new team, and you're excited, you want to you know do some cool stuff, you know you're working on, on whatever hottest tech it is at the moment, but then you kind of face this moment where, in order to get to work, there's all these things you have to do right. There might be this mm-hmm. you know it might be an open source project, and you have this readme with like a hundred steps, or maybe you join a company and you have to go and collect all these accounts and passwords and set up instructions and and this and this is whether you're new to the project or maybe you're starting a new feature or you change teams i've seen this everywhere and it always kind of like annoyed me because there was like so much time that i was spending kind of doing these setups right especially as we as we move to like cloud native applications this new world of containers serverless kubernetes Mm -hmm. where applications have a lot of like they're now distributed, so they have a lot of moving pieces. Yeah. I was spending more and more time just kind of like setting things up, trying to figure out which database I'm running. And then really for me, the the you know, the, the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back yeah. was a previous team. We we're like having all these issues around quality because when we were running, you know, the system in our laptops, it was like, hey, it works on my computer, works on my machine, yeah. but then it didn't work on production. And, you know, there's this joke around works on my machine, but this really has serious, you know, like products fail 
yeah. because of this. Customers suffer because of this. So uh, when I was thinking, hey, what do I want to do next? You know, after after spending five years in Atlassian, I was like, very clear. Hey, this problem is something that I I've been trying to solve for a while. You know, internally, team by team. Then you know, when I was talking to my my now co-founders, really good friends, Pablo and, and Ramon, we all can agree. Yes, this is a huge problem. We've all had this problem at our companies. And we were like, hey, let's take a stab at it. And because it's such a personal challenge, mm-hmm. it seemed easy to us. We were like, yeah, of course, we need to solve this because it's something that needs to be solved because, you know, everybody has it. Uh, maybe naively at first, we told, yeah, we'll do it. But that's been that's been kind of like the motivation uh, mm-hmm. for a company. And, and you know, as, as we come up with this idea of developer experience automation, it is firmly rooted in, in the challenges I've seen in the last 15 years on pretty much every team I've worked at, you know, some solve it, others just kind of like let every developer do it. But overall, mm-hmm. it's a it's a challenge that keeps coming and coming. And, you know, now as the CEO of Octeto, when I go out and talk to our customers, community, prospects, we keep hearing from everybody that how this is such a huge problem, how engineering leadership grows concerned about like, are, are my developers just spending way too much time on this? Are they being effective? Right. Do they have the right tools to be successful? And that's where you know, I'm hoping Octeto would help them answer these questions. Well, and we, we, we talk about productivity on the engineering team and how, to, how do you measure productivity and how do you know that you're getting the, 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 the most out of, out of that team? You mentioned some of the trends that we're seeing in development or containerization and serverless and those kinds of things. What are some of those trends that are impacting the software development lifecycle that you see from your seat? Yeah, there's there's a few different things um, that I, that I'm seeing. First is you have you know this continuous trend of making production automatic, replicable, manageable, mm-hmm. right? We have like as you said, containers. Kubernetes is a big player in that space. Yeah. Uh, now we have you know the GitOps movement. Um, there's a few other things there, um, observability, um, feature flags which allows you to test changes in production. There's this trend of like, hey, how do we manage the complexities of production? That is one. Yeah. The other that is you know closer to to my world today is around how do we measure the effectiveness of my engineering organization? Yeah. Uh, in the last few years, been a lot of like progress, especially in, in academia. With you know the Dora Dora metrics, the O A R A is one. Mm-hmm. Space is the other, which they both started as kind of papers, a lot of research. Right. But right. now more and more companies are implementing it, and also now there are more vendors who make it easy for you. And and for those who haven't heard of this before, like Dora is this methodology where there's certain metrics that you start tracking, like how many deployments are you doing per day, how long it takes you to fix an issue. How fast mm-hmm. are you merging code? And they're being used as proxies for evaluating the effectiveness mm-hmm. of your organization. And then the third trend, which is the one that is close to me, is around developer experience. You have production, it's automated, it's working. Then you're measuring the productivity of your organization through Dora. And then you figure out, hey, I have some issues. Well, that's where developer experience uh, automation comes in, which is... Mm-hmm. How can you create processes, whether they're automated or, or, or just manual, to help your team 
go faster. And this is where I was, I was actually recording a podcast yesterday with a, uh, open source uh, and coffee podcast and the host Isaac expressed this as teams need somebody to help them kind of like remove the chances of them slowing down and that's what I think about developer experience right is the yeah. emergence of platform teams is the emergence of you know the centralized team that cares about standardization about governance about defining sandboxes because that way, and I love the way Isaac put it, yeah, engineers then don't have to waste time trying to figure out which database do I use? Yeah. How do I yeah. get a copy of this service? It's like, it doesn't matter. It's all decided by the organization so that every engineering team can just go as fast as they can. And that yeah. for me is the, is the essence of developer experience. So, you know, organizations and your leadership, they need to think of all these three things. Production has always been a concern. Um, Developer productivity has always been a concern, but I've never seen it being as data-driven as it is now, which for me is mm -hmm. a great process, yeah. progress. And now this world of developer experience is, is what's kind of like, I would call it up and coming, but it's something that is now more formalized than before. Because we always yeah. had experience. Right? The challenge was before it was left to like every developer, you know, right. or every team to figure it out. And now we're seeing this more like, concentrated efforts with budget, with goals, with mandates, you know, from, from leadership to really invest and, and to be more intentional about the experience that you're that building because, and going back to the way you opened the, the show, all these companies realize that, hey, regardless of what you do, you might be an insurance company, yeah. you might be a bank, you might be a, a healthcare provider, you're building software. Right. And if you're not good at building software, you're making your job a lot harder. And, and yeah. that's something that, you know, with Octeta, we, we talk to a lot of companies that I'm always surprised of, like, the companies that we start talking to because they're like, oh, right, of course. Like, they are developers. You know, it might be a, one point we, we gave a demo to, like, this national, not, not in the U.S., but like a, like a state bank. Yeah. And I was like, oh, interesting. They're like, yeah, we build all this software internally to manage all our processes. And I was like, oh, interesting, of course. Yeah, you have hundreds of developers, thousands of developers, maybe. Yeah. Because even though you're, uh, you know, a bank, a central bank, you're still a software company as well, and, yeah. and that is and that is fascinating. So, so yeah, they're spending they're spending time and resources to build tools to help them build software yeah. when they should be building the software for the bank. Yeah, that's uh, you know we we talk a lot about uh, customer experience, user experience. Uh, is, is the developer experience all about speed or are there other nuances that enter into it in your mind that help the developer be more effective? It's definitely about a speed, but I think that, and here's where like, as, as we mature as a, as a practice, we, we understand more of this. Mm -hmm. It's about a speed in the right direction. Right, like going fast but going backwards is not going to help your business. Yeah. I think what's yeah. very important, and, and when I when I talk about this with peers or or in, in forums like this, is I always like to stress this: is it's about making sure that your team is working on the right things. It's making sure that the time, the mental energy is spent in the right things. Like cognitive load is something that now I think engineering organizations are starting to understand more. 
and and the dangers of like if you have to if you're thinking about a lot of things mm-hmm. you're less effective of each of them because there's only so much mental capacity focus attention that you have yeah so a, a big factor of building a developer experience is making sure that through that you're enabling your organization to focus on what matters to the business so that yeah. all the energy all the creativity all the all the flow goes into those tasks because that yeah. is what makes your business different like that is what innovation is going to make a difference and that for me is very important like velocity is important rate of error but definitely focus morale like that's something else that you know as, as you build a better experience having like happier developers who feel more satisfied with their setup who feel like hey yeah. the company is not getting in the way of me delivering value mm-hmm. uh, and that's something that you know companies don't do it on purpose but in several places I've worked in the past you see where if you don't have a good dev experience the developers are like you know what I don't want to push this change because it's such a hassle I'll just kind of like leave it the way it is it kind of yeah. works it's good enough compared yeah. to like high performing organizations where they're always pushing the envelope, but because they do have this experience that allows them to do that in a way that is safe, that is fast, yeah. that is without much friction. So those are aspects that I, I feel like leaders need to worry about. And, you know, morale yeah. is it's a, it's a finicky thing. Like, how do you know if people are effective or happy? Right. But uh, are, are things that, you know, leaders need to consider. And there's now a lot of techniques asking like surveys are actually right now very popular and are surprisingly effective just asking developers hey what gets in the way of work yeah what's what's what, slowing you down well exactly exactly yeah. i i love the 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 concept of cognitive load uh because that always that 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 points to uh quality right if you if you've got all this stuff going on and you're not uh you're not uh, maybe paying attention to every everything that you need to uh, uh, errors creep in uh, in this uh, in this day and age of cybersecurity threats. Uh, you know, you, you want to make sure that your software is secure, so you want focus on, on that as, as well. Now, when I when I think of uh, developers, and uh, I can say this because I, I used to be one, we can be kind of a finicky bunch. We kind of like to do things the way we like to do things. How are you and your team working with your clients to, I'm going to say, impose standards on your development team by coming in and saying, this is going to be the experience, this is going to be the tool set? How are you dealing with the potential of pushback? That's 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 a really good, good one. It's actually something that we've been talking a lot internally because the other day at the, at the, at, in, in, in Slack, right? We're talking about the word governance, and uh-huh. um, <laughs> is, is this something that developers, how do they react to it? You know, and, yeah, and I, yeah. I agree with you. We're all finicky bunch, and and words like governance for some can bring back memories of like this really bad kind of like yeah. lockdown laptops, yeah. and you you don't have you know like root access to your device. You can't install like the IDE that you need or the patch that you need. So it's mm-hmm. it's it's funny because it 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 does carry certain. Um, kind of like checkered, checkered past. But however, yeah, yeah. I think that it's true. Developers don't like to kind of like this, but developers like to be effective and they like when things are not getting on their way. Yeah. So yeah. one of the topics that we discuss a lot with our with our clients is, is this, is 
standardization, governance, and replicability are good things for the business. And, and that's something that CTOs have always understood. It's nothing new. Yeah. Uh, where, where it changes, I think, is, is the approach that you take. Because I feel like as, as leadership shows to the developers that this governance is not about kind of like senseless limitations. Mm-hmm. It's about helping, you know, I always helping with the choices, helping with like, hey, I'm going to flatten the, you know, the road ahead so mm-hmm. you can go faster. So that's where I think modern tooling overall and this kind of new tendencies around getting, calling it developer experience, worrying mm-hmm. about like the, I call this kind of like the developer ergonomics of like, is it easy to use? Is it clear? Yeah. Yeah. I think that helps developers can accept that, hey, this is for my own benefit. This is not the old school you're forced to do. This is more like, hey, here. The other yeah. thing that I'm seeing a lot of companies are doing, which is great, is now this, we're talking this kind of like centralized Platform teams, IT, DevOps, their experience. It's called in different ways in different places, but they're starting to offer this as a service. You know, it's, it's like developer experience as a service in the sense of like, mm-hmm. hey, we're building this opt-in. Yeah. You can go your own way and you have to like, you know, build your own roads and, you know, cut yeah. down your own trees. Or <laughs> you can join us here. We're going to do all these things for you so you don't have to worry about it. And, and I think that's something that I... I think more developers choose that way yeah. because like, yeah. you know, I've seen this change so much over the past 10, 15 years where like, you know, nobody is, is really running CI CD servers under their desk anymore because now like leadership understands, Hey, we need this. We invest in yeah. this. Yeah. The emergence of, you know, best of class tools. Like, like for me, the fact that now organizations have budgets for tooling for developers shows a very important shift. Like before, I worked for very large companies where like it was unthinkable for a developer to be like, hey, can I get you know a thousand dollars a year for like, I don't know, my IDE and this tooling for running tests or for a new device. Like in a lot of these companies was like, no, why? Why you need no no you're a developer, yeah, yeah. you have a computer, standard issue, that's it. So that has yeah. changed Just so sit much. and write code. Just sit and write code. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you figure it out. And I think that yeah. creates this culture of like defensiveness where like you're like, well, I'll figure it out and, and, and the issue doesn't know what they're doing and we have to run our things rogue and, and you know, with my credit card and then I have to like find a way to expense it. I think that's changing a lot. So yeah. definitely yeah. like leadership needs to approach this from a, you know, you buy-in, yeah, kind of yeah. Be empathetic of like why are the needs of your team? Kind of like explain why they're being invested because like you know it's it's about I really like the phrase like kind of removing the option for you to go slow. It's like hey, I don't want you to spend like this discussion. So like, are we using AWS or Google Cloud? It's like okay, the, the leadership decided. We made analysis, and now we're gonna give you the tools, so it doesn't matter to you. That yeah. to me is when when I see that, and and I've seen it in some of our clients. It's really cool how. CTOs will like decide, hey, we're going to implement this, this strategy around the experience. And then you see developers groaning, oh, why do we have to do this? Yeah. And then three months later, you know, you meet them. They're like so excited. Oh, my God, this is so great. My life's yeah. so much easier now. I'm no longer fighting with X, Y, Z. And once they realize that, they're like, oh, yeah, I guess there's value in platforms, in standards, in sandboxes, in governance. And that yeah. is on top of what the, you know, the leadership or like the organization needs around you know, like compliance, security, as you were saying earlier. Yeah. Uh, so it's, I, I think there's a huge opportunity here for like a, 
a win-win situation where everybody gets what they need and together they help move the objectives of organizations forward. Yeah. I, I think as you were talking, I could I could almost hear uh, our listeners who are developers uh, cheering. Uh, right, uh, it's about time. It's about time. Uh, but the the CTOs, the CIOs that are that are out there, um, where should they start when you go into a company that uh, you know they're they're probably doing agile development, but they don't have a lot of structure in place. They you know, they probably got Jira that they're using and, and things like that. Where do you start to to invest in the developer experience? My perspective here is that you need to start from a point of understanding. I think that's where asking developers, hey, what is getting in the way? What are the problems that you have? It's a very powerful tool. Like It might sound like kind of like, I don't know, like, like cheeky sometimes, but it's like really like, Coming from like the, hey, tell me the 10 things that get in the way. Yeah. Which problems? Because it's, it's fascinating how, and there's a lot of research on, research on this. When you compare organizations who do this very heavy, you know, data-driven analysis, like collecting all these things automatically, and then you compare them to organizations that kind of perform the surveys, and the results are the same. Like, yeah. So what I recommend, like, like CTOs, because, you know, sometimes, you know, CTO joins a company. And they have a mission, right? They come with a mandate. You know, they were recruited yeah. by the CEO to modernize organization or, or solve some like contractable problem. Uh, and, and sometimes they join. They're like, okay, I'm gonna redo everything, and this is what we did last time, so it's gonna work. Sometimes that works, but most of the time that kind of creates a lot of like opposition from the engineering uh, mm-hmm. there. So I think definitely coming from a point of, of empathy of, of understanding hey, what are the problems. That are blocking you because that's where the world of developer experience automation can help a lot because there's all these low hanging fruits of things that nobody enjoys doing. Like nobody enjoys right. having to manually deploy a service and a database and, and all this orchestration or very few people do. Um, if you can automate that and then you remove like 10 minutes from my workflow. Right. Even if those 10 minutes is enough for me to kind of go have coffee or, or <laughs> chat with someone, that's those are 10 minutes that I'm doing something much better than before. So yeah. definitely like understanding where are your developers being blocked? Where are they seeing the friction? Because it might be non-obvious. Like we always try to optimize build times, deploy times, but maybe that's not where they're being stuck. Maybe, you know, like we talk to companies where like their uh, blockers were, it's very hard to do uh, code reviews because the code is so complex oh. or it's really hard to like get started because I have to like launch all this infrastructure and it takes like two hours, three hours, or mm-hmm. in some cases, Hey, merging to production is hard because, or merging to main is hard because the tests always fail at the end with like flaky changes. So I think it's very important to, ask and then and then definitely like i'm a big fan of automation and bias that's what our company does but for a reason and it's because i do believe that anything you can do that means developers don't have to think about it they don't have to understand how the whole thing works end to end that they can have these nice abstractions is worth doing but you know assuming that is the problem like you definitely need to find those 80 20 where like hey solving two or three things is going to make it better for everybody because then you also gain buy-in and then when you want to make the more risky controversial changes 
your organization believes in you. And they're like, oh yeah, they came, they fixed some things. Okay, we're going to give them the benefit of the doubt. And then that's where you kind of start to like push the envelope and innovate on things that, you know, your, your team might not be super comfortable with. I, I, I love this, this concept of uh, going to your team and asking them, uh, you know, what are the blockers? Because uh, you mentioned no one, no one likes to, to have to take the time out to do some of the, some of the repetitive tasks. Uh, the other thing that, you know, developers don't like to release problem code into production. Uh, and if you can help them, with their with their quality because your your environment uh, more closely mimics the production environment. Uh, I, I think that feeds back to the morale of the yeah. developer, uh, right? That they're not getting called out on on some of those things. Well, Ramiro, we are just about out of time, and as I warned you here on Status Go, we love to leave our listeners with a specific call to action. So our listeners are technology leaders. They may be uh, in a tech-enabled company. They may be in a tech product company, a tech service company, but they want to drive change. So what are one or two things that our listeners should go do tomorrow because they listen to our conversation today? Two things. So the first one is, and I know I've said this several times, but I want to repeat it, is, is ask your developers. Like, yeah. create, a, create a small survey. There's, not, there's a lot of resources uh, on the web. And if you have any questions, you know, please reach out to me. Uh, I'll, I'll share my information with Jeff. Uh, but, you know, five questions. I said, hey, or even one question. What is getting in the way? Yeah. And, you know, let them be very explicit. Uh, you're going to be surprised. You can ask them, hey, is it easy to release code? Is it easy to build a new feature? Like some, some kind of questions where you leave some leeway so that they can express. Do that. Yeah. And then number two is, is look at those results. And of them, you know, pick the one that's like the, the biggest driver of change you can imagine. Or, or kind of find something balanced where, hey, big change, kind of low effort. Yeah. Yeah. And automate it. Like figure out how, you know, there's a lot of tools in the market. There's a lot of companies in the market kind of helping with this. But find a way to automate, whether it is release to production, whether it is running tests after a pull request, spinning up a dev environment, um, any of these things, uh, pick one. And automated because like saving time and, and kind of like removing all these like non-differentiating tasks from your day to day is gonna pay off. It's, yeah. it's gonna you know pay off immensely year over year. So surveys, ask them, hey developers, what what pains what pains you? Yeah. And and number two is hey, find one thing to automate so you can get it out of your developers. They don't have to think about it anymore, and they'll gain back that focus and, and you know mental space. To do things that really matter for your business. Get that quick win. Get that yes. under your belt. Yes, yeah. those quick yeah. wins are. Yeah. It's it's something that I think that and it applies to a lot of things. Like also like uh, is this quick wins, is something that people I think underestimate a lot. But these mm -hmm. small things are like you know paper cuts are. <laughs> there is such a thing uh -huh. as a debt by a thousand paper cuts. Paper cuts. <laughs> so yes, yes. If yes. you fix them, if you fix them, you know people just run faster. And if yeah. and happier developers are more productive developers. They are more trusting, they take more risks, and they innovate because they're not going to innovate. As you said, nobody likes to release faulty code. Nobody it's the worst feeling in the world yeah. where you break production or where you introduce a bug. And if it happens too much because of lack of tooling or too much friction, then developers will just stop yeah. pushing yeah. and be like, only going for the safe changes. That's right. And that's how your competition wins. So yes. 
keep keep that in mind as you know for all those those who are listening you know especially CTOs VP of Eng these are very important things and, and these are things that sh should not be underestimated. There's enough horror history stories yeah. in the world of organizations that because of paper cuts and bad morale lose to their competition. I've I've been on teams like that. I've been on high performing teams, and the difference is amazing and it's uh, it takes a lot of effort, but it's easy to start. It's just, you know, start, small wins, gain momentum, gain trust, and, and you'll deliver amazing results. Ramiro, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Uh, as I said at the beginning, as a, as a former developer, uh, I love the passion. I I've always been passionate about the developer experience. Uh, didn't know what to call it back in the day, but now I've got words to, to call it. So I really appreciate you being on our show. Thanks for your time, Jeff. I enjoyed the conversation a lot. I, I hope your audience uh, gets something out of it. Um, but thank you for having me and looking forward to, you know, with chatting with everybody. You can find me online. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out, uh, ramiro at octero.com. Uh, and if you need help with your developer experience, uh, just shoot us an email at podcast at octero.com. And we're happy to chat about all your dev experience, questions, needs, challenges, uh, automation or not. <laughs> Absolutely, and and thank you for that. We will uh, we will be sure to include those uh, those email addresses and those links in our show notes. So if you do have a question uh, that you'd like to ask, uh, visit intervision.com/status-go. The show notes will have those links and contact information. This is Jeff Tun for Ramiro Barriesa. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to the Status Go podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or get more information at intervision.com. If you'd like to contribute to the conversation, find Intervision on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Thank you for listening. Until next time.